Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Straight Out Left, and tonight we've got a good one for you. We're going to be looking in detail at the final week and a half of the regular season and breaking down the few remaining postseason races that are currently in play. We'll be looking at each team's schedule, as well as analyzing what they're going to need to do to set themselves up for success in October. So stick around, it's going to be a good one. Alright, welcome to this special Monday night recording. I'm doing this because... A, there's a lot of stuff I want to get to this week, and B, I am going to be traveling at the end of the week, so there probably won't be any Thursday or week end episodes, so I'm definitely going to do a Monday-Tuesday thing, maybe even a Monday-Tuesday-Wednesday thing if I feel bold. But this episode, what I wanted to do is focus purely on the standings and the projected uh, postseason picture and looking at how things are going to shake out over the remaining... um, 10 days of the regular season, I think just about. Final day is going to be Wednesday, October 5th. So, yeah, pretty much about 10 days away. Every team's got about 8 to 10 games left. And honestly, there's not a lot of uncertainty, relatively speaking. There aren't a ton of divisions that, I mean, really there's only one division that's still up for grabs realistically at this point. And there's not too many teams that are on the outside looking in. But the battles for those last few playoff spots are very interesting. Um, So it's more of a uh, quality over quantity, I guess. Not necessarily that these are any more exciting than any other year, but there are some there's some very intriguing matchups, even if there aren't as many of them and as not as many battles as maybe there were in previous years. Kind of an interesting night, a little bit of a calm before the storm, you could say. There's only four games going on in the LB right now. Um, the Braves, who we're going to talk about a lot in just a second, they're playing um, the Nationals tonight, and they won 8 to nothing. They definitely took care of business. As we'll get to in a moment, the Braves need to take advantage of a relatively easy schedule to close out the season, and they did. Um, 8 to nothing shutout. Starting pitch, great starting pitching by Bryce Elder. Complete game, actually. So maybe the uh, Spencer Strider absence won't hurt as badly. And great offense, so including a home run by Matt Olson, Marcel Zuna, and Orlando Arcia. Um, also, we've got the Yankees and Blue Jays in a 2-2 tie in the top of the ninth inning. Romano's on the mound right now. Um, this is another big game that I'll get to briefly as well. Pirates are being the Reds, which as a part Pirates fan, that's nice to see, but that, this really has no playoff implication whatsoever. And then Baltimore's trying to keep their fight going, and they're doing a good job of it. They're currently up on Boston 6-2, to two, but only four games tonight. Kind of, a, like I said, a call me for the storm before things get really insane. So anyway, looking at the standings right now, and these are updated as of the Braves. Um, let me refresh this, actually. Um, updated now. As of the Braves' victory over the Nationals. Um, Like I said, every division is pretty much set. The Yankees' magic number is only two over the Blue Jays. So at this point, and a half games back, and a half game lead, there's really, I think, yeah, the Yankees are going to win the East, as we've been thinking for most of the year. Cleveland has clinched the AL Central remarkably, and Houston has clinched the AL West. So that's old news at this point. Um, the Cardinals are six and a half up on St. Louis, or no, six and a half up on Milwaukee. 
So St. Louis is pretty much all but clinched the NL Central. They've really set themselves apart from the rest of the competition and are actually not a, not a bad team heading into October. They're definitely riding a hot hand. The Dodgers have clinched the West for a long time. So the only division that's really up for grabs and boys is up for grabs is the NL East. And we knew this was going to be a fun battle all year between the Mets and the Braves. And as of tonight, after Atlanta winning with New York having the night off, Atlanta is only a game behind the Mets. 97-57 for the Mets, 96-58 and for the Braves. So that's going to be fun to watch down the stretch, especially considering that these two teams have a weekend series against each other coming up very soon. And then the wild card race, no American League team is officially some really cemented in a wild card spot. Toronto's only two and a half games ahead of Seattle, who's the last wild card seed, and Tampa Bay is only a half game above Seattle. So Toronto could definitely fall below Seattle and possibly below Baltimore, although it would be very hard for Baltimore to catch them at this point. Baltimore is four games behind Seattle, but Seattle and Tampa Bay definitely should not be on cruise control for the remaining part of the season. Baltimore could still very quickly sneak up on them, and I'll get to why in a second. The White Sox have an elimination number of three. They are they're on a six-game losing streak. They're basically done. The Twins, we still have a magic number of one. If we win all of our games and Seattle loses all of their games, plus a lot, Tampa Bay would also, I think, need to lose out as well. We could make the playoffs. We could. So we can hang on hope, hope all we want, but it's probably futile. And then the Brewers, their their best shot is to catch the uh, Phillies or Padres. The Phillies are the sixth seed right now in the National League. The Padres are game and a half ahead of them. Atlanta's already clinched his playoff spot, so they're good. Um, St. Louis really shouldn't need to worry. And San Francisco is still technically in it. They have a magic number of two, but they're eight and a half games out. Um, really not seeing it happen. Um, so only Baltimore and Milwaukee are the only teams that are on the outside looking in that really have a viable shot. Something else that's interesting is in the National League, the the, the top division ranking or division leaders ranking seating has been set pr- pretty much. The Dodgers are number one. They're, they have the number one seed in the whole National League, and the Cardinals are for sure going to have number three. Um, the winner of the NL East will for sure have number two, whether that's the Mets or Braves remains to be seen. For the American League, Houston is not officially clinched that, um, that title of number one, but they are, I believe, seven games ahead of the Yankees, so it's pretty much all but certain. And actually, the um, Guardians are seven and a half games behind the Yankees. So technically, the Guardians could catch the Yankees. So nothing sensed on there. But it looks like it's going to be one, two, three, Houston, New York, Cleveland in that order. Um, so, yeah. Um, so we've got kind of a clear picture here. We got a little bit of things to clear up. But um, in the meantime, I want to kind of go over what's going on here and seeing what each team, the teams that still have some way to kind of move up or improve their situation or have something to lose here. So we're going to be breaking down these 11 specific teams. I've left out the Dodgers, the Guardians, and the Cardinals because they're all pretty much cemented. They know exactly what seed they're going to be in and what they're going to be doing, whether they're a wildcard team or a 
division winner. But these other 11 teams, so the te- the nine other teams that are in the playoffs right now and the Brewers and the Orioles who are still on the outside looking in and still have a shot, uh, we're going to be looking at them in a little bit of detail here and seeing kind of playing out what's, what is the rest of their season supposed to look like and what do they need to do to succeed. So we're going to start with the American League, and first we're going to talk about um, Houston, New York, um, making Houston trying to make sure they clinch that number one overall seed for certain. And this is especially huge because Houston um, – Houston's definitely better at home, although they're still very good on the road. Their winning percentage is 685 on at home versus 630 on the road. So kind of both ways. However, the Yankees, the Yankees are an amazing team at home. They have a 718 winning percentage, but on the road, they have a 514 winning percentage. So they're basically an average team outside of Yankee Stadium. So that's huge because if we get to an ALCS where it's Yankees Astros. That would be the safe pick right now. If you're trying to make a pick for who you think is going to be in the ALCS and Houston has that home field advantage. That's pretty big for them because New York definitely does way better at home and on the road, they actually are pretty beatable. So that's, um, that's, uh, that could be a big deal as we get into that. If that situation plays out, Houston has a pretty easy schedule relatively speaking they have a two game set against the diamondbacks at home uh three games against the rays at home and a three game set against the phillies at home to close it out so very good at home um they swept tampa bay the last time they played them this year and they shouldn't have a problem taking care of the diamondbacks and the phillies will be definitely playing for a lot so the phillies will be playing hard but they are playing in minute Maid park so it puts things in the astros favor so the astros should be in the driver's seat here. They should be able to clinch that number one seed, no problem. Not envisioning them having too many problems, in which case the Yankees really wouldn't have anything to play for except the number two. So these games might not matter as much, but they're in the middle of their game with uh, Toronto right now, their first game of the three-game set. Uh, still 2-2, two to two, bottom of the ninth now. Uh, Holmes is pitching to Kevin Biggio. There's two outs. Ground ball to kind of left, I believe. Ooh, close play, but he's out. All right, we're going to extras here, so this is going to be fun to watch. I'm going to keep an eye on this. But uh, Houston has a three-game set against Toronto, and I believe um, about they are pretty even. I think uh, coming into this game, New York led the season series 9-7, to and the Yankees then play Baltimore at home, and the Yankees definitely have taken care of business with Baltimore, um, 11-5 and against them on the year, and then they play the Rangers. Um, uh, in Texas to end the year. It's kind of a random end of year series for the Yankees. Um, so yeah, I I envision though by that Texas series for sure. In fact, probably by the end of this Toronto series, New York's going to be firmly locked in that number two spot, so it's not going to matter as much. Now we get to the fun AL stuff, the wild card race. So the Blue Jays are two and a half games as of right now ahead of the Mariners, and that's the team that marks the threshold of playoffs or no playoffs. But they have an interesting schedule. They have two home series, one against the Yankees and one against the Red Sox. And then with the Red Sox is they have absolutely dominated the Red Sox all year. You remember the 28 to 5 game, I believe it was. Um, but all it's just been the case all year. They're 13 and 3 against Boston. Um, Toronto is definitely a little bit better at home, but they're pretty even 573 at home versus 551 on the road. So Toronto's a team where they don't need to play in Rogers Center. It's always nice to have a home field advantage, especially with how hype Rogers Center can get in the playoff at, in a playoff atmosphere. 
So they definitely want to try to lock down that top wildcard spot and make sure they're playing that three-game series at home. So Toronto is another team where they should that obviously you never coast and take your foot off the gas at this point in the season. You don't you still have something to play for here. Uh, make sure you firm, you're firmly entrenched in that fourth spot because that's the best you can do, and you don't want to fall to five, six, or even out of the playoffs. Um, but they should be pr- looking pretty good. Tampa Bay, on the other hand, has a bit of a tough road to have them. Tampa Bay finishes their year with a nine-game road trip, three games in Cleveland, three games in Houston, and three games in Boston. Now, the thing with Tampa is at home, they are a 630 winning percentage team. On the road, they are a 458 winning percentage team. So they are by far way better at Tropicana Field. So finishing the season with a nine-game home 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 stand or road trip, sorry, and only a half game above the Mariners and four and a half games above the Orioles, which is a big but not insurmountable gap at this point in the season, is tough, especially considering that Cleveland beat them up, I think, uh, two games to one in their first meeting this year. Um, they got swept by the Astros at home, so now they have to play them on the road. And then Boston, they've been able to take care of business against their 12-4. and four, So that shouldn't be too difficult. But again, it is outside Tropicana Field, so it makes things a little more difficult for them. So the Rays need to be careful. They need to try to win a few of these games, even though it's going to be tough for them. And they've kind of they had a chance to beat up on Toronto a little bit and get ahead of them, but they really didn't in this past series. Um, what was it? It was... Uh, they split it, I guess, but they had they won the first two games, and then they had uh, Rasmussen and uh, McClanahan, two of their best pitchers, going in the last two games, and they lost both of them. So they really missed out on a golden opportunity there, and now things are looking a little dicey. And then they're looking at po- potentially playing a series, a playoff series on the road, either against Cleveland or against Toronto, which would not be good, especially given how much of a home team. They really need that home field advantage, it seems like. And, you know, we can't underestimate the Rays' magic, but as of right now, it just doesn't look that great. And then Seattle. Seattle might have the easiest. I I actually they might. They do. They have the easiest schedule of any of the AL teams in this situation. They have been fighting injuries, and they had a pretty tough road trip. They went 3-7, and seven, but they get to finish every their season on a nine-game homestand and all against three pretty mediocre opponents. Um, they're playing a three-game set against Texas starting tomorrow night, then a three-game series with Oakland over the weekend, and then they close out with a three-game series against the Tigers. Again, all in Seattle, so that's a big plus for them. They, um, they're they pretty even, actually. four or 549 winning percentage at home, 543 winning percentage on the road, so pretty much break even home or away. It doesn't matter. They have beat up on Texas pretty good this year, 12-4. and four. Um, What they do need to do, though, is they need to win these games against Oakland. They're only they're nine and seven against Oakland, which considering how bad Oakland is, Oakland's been kind of a thorn in their side this year a little bit. They've been tough for the Mariners to beat sometimes. So if Seattle wants to try to, I mean, at this point, you know, they they're trying to chase. I mean, they can definitely chase Toronto and maybe even get home field advantage, which would be awesome for their first series. And that comes down to depending on how well they do, they kind of have to pick their poison of do they want to play in Cleveland or in Toronto. Um, or at the very least, you got to make sure you don't fall apart and let the Orioles catch you. Because like I said, given all that Seattle's been through this year, if they miss the playoffs, it's going to be a major disappointment. I know that they're building for the future, but still, 
they're slightly, I guess they're slightly ahead of schedule, but still just given it's felt like the year, it's felt like this is the year where it needs to happen and there's no better chance for them to do it than right now. And hopefully Julio comes back. Now, Baltimore, they're on the outside looking in. It's going to be tough, but if they can prove themselves through this final nine game stretch or 10 game stretch, excuse me, they definitely will have earned their playoff spot. They have 10 games left. They have a four game series against Boston who they are eight and seven against this year in Boston. And then they have a three game series in New York, which has been tough for them. They're five and 11 against the Yankees, but then they finish with a home series against the blue Jays. They are eight and eight against the blue Jays this year. And there's definitely a big home field advantage for them at Camden yards. But so it's definitely not easy for the Orioles. They're going to have, especially given how uh, easy Seattle, the team they're trying to catch, how easy their schedule looks. This is going to be tough for them, but if they can prove it and they can take the series against Boston, I mean, this is a series where you got to win. I mean, you got to win every game, but you got to lead. You can't go for a split. You got to go for at least a three-one series win or four or sweep, and then you have to take two out three from the Yankees to set yourselves up for any kind of success in the final weekend against, or well, not weekend, the lockout ruined that, but final series against Toronto. So Baltimore, I'm saying, does have a chance. Um, kind of, I guess I'll wrap up the American League. Um, Houston should have no problem clinching the number one seed. Um, New York should set, will, should sell into the two seed pretty nicely. Cleveland's already firmly entrenched in the three seed. Um, Toronto shouldn't have a problem getting to that four seed and clinching that and getting home field advantage in the wild card rate series, which will be nice. Um, Tampa Bay definitely has a rough go of it, and they could very easily slip to the sixth seed and have to play Cleveland in uh, in Cleveland. And they also really struggle on the road. So playing on the road in the playoffs is going to be tough for them. Seattle has an easy schedule. They need to make sure they take full advantage of it and lock in that playoff spot. And Baltimore is a very tough road ahead, but they definitely can do it. They've shown it all year. They have the guts and the grit to do it. They just need to show it. And if they can somehow pull this off, they will have truly earned it. I wouldn't bet on it, but Stranger things have happened. So that's what we're looking at here for the American League. Now for the National League, there's only five teams to talk about instead of six. As I said, the Dodgers are firmly entrenched in the number one seed. Cardinals are pretty are firmly entrenched in the number three seed. Um, shouldn't really be changed there, I guess, unless Milwaukee pulls off a miracle. But what we're looking at here is, first off... Um, um, I'm going to talk about the wildcard teams first, and then we'll save the NL East battle, I think, in my opinion, the best battle for last. So at the wildcard, Atlanta is firmly clinched. Well, whoever went, loses the NL East is getting that fourth wildcard spot. There's no question about it. Atlanta is right now, I believe, uh, what do we got here? We, they are 12 games ahead of San Diego, who's in fifth place. So, yeah, they're whoever loses, whether it's New York or Atlanta, they got the fourth spot. So that's big for them. San Diego is a game and a half above the Phillies who are a game and a half above the Brewers. So, and like I said, there's only two spots available for these three teams. And these three teams are all in. We need to make the playoffs this year. We need to win now mode. And all of them have had kind of underwhelming seasons. So whoever misses out, there's going to be a lot of what the heck happened. There's going to be like giant organizational shakeups and a lot of turmoil from this. So. You don't want to be that team that misses out, but one of them, unfortunately, is going to have to do it. 
Looking at the playoff odds on baseball reference coming into tonight, San Diego is a 92.8% chance. Philadelphia has an 82.4% chance of making the playoffs, and Milwaukee has a 24.8% chance. However, that can change. Unfortunately, none of these teams are actually playing each other, which would have made that very interesting. But we'll look here. We've got San Diego, who is kind of in the driver's seat in the situation, if you want to say that. They start off with a three-game series against the Dodgers at home, a three-game series against the White Sox at home, and a three-game series against the Giants at home. Now, with the Padres, they are completely, they have the exact same winning percentage at 556 at home versus away. However, they have not been able to take care of the business business with the Dodgers at all this year. They are four and twelve. They every time they play the Dodgers, it gets hyped up as much wa- must watch baseball, but they just completely fall. And the run differential, it's a hundred to forty one over sixteen games. That's obscenely bad. I mean the I mean they're getting knocked around for over six runs a game and not even scoring three runs a game. That's that's abysmal. So the Dodgers have absolutely owned them this year. That doesn't mean that they can't, they can win two out of three here and show that, show that they've maybe figured something out that could put a little fear in the Dodgers. You don't know, but I wouldn't get my hopes up on it. They do get to kind of coast along with, at the end of the year with two home series against, um, two underachieving teams in the White Sox and the Giants. So that should help. Um, they are eleven and five against the Giants this year, so they've been able to take care of business against them. So the Dodge, the Padres are not in a great spot, even though they have that homestand. That series against the Dodgers definitely looms large, and they need to. They can't t- afford to take a sweep here. They need to put up a major fight, and they've got to be careful. But they should be able to finish it off with two pretty middling teams against them at the end of the year, and they should be able to lock in that playoff spot. The Phillies. They have a very easy schedule that then turns into a hard finale. They have now they're all on the road, which is a little bit tough because the Phillies definitely have a pretty sizable home field advantage. It's um 580 wing percentage at home, 507 on the road. They are on the road against the Cubs. Um, they were swept by the Cubs this year, which was a little bit concerning. Then they're on the road against the Nationals for four games, and they have taken care of business against the Nationals. They're thirteen and two, so really taking care of business. So, but that's a series where you got to you need that four game sweep. You got to take you got to make sure you take care of things against the Nationals, and you don't come out of that series where you need where you left any opportunity laying around. You gotta you gotta win all those games. It's really important, especially if that Cub series does not go well. Because then you're finishing off against the Astros, who at that point probably aren't going to be playing for anything except to maybe rack up their win total. So they might kind of take it easy on you a little bit, but you don't know. You can never take anything for granted here. So this isn't. And yeah, the Astros probably don't want to take anything for granted and take it easy. They want to play hard until the end. So it's on the road, too, which is tough. So. The Phillies definitely are in a pretty precarious spot, given that they don't have the home field advantage that the Padres have. They're going to be playing on the road, which is going to be tough. However, if they take care of business against the Cubs and the Nationals, we shouldn't have an issue. And hopefully that Houston, for their sakes, that Houston series won't matter as much. Now the Brewers have, um, it's definitely doable. And again, they're only a game and a half back, so they could easily catch the Padres or the Phillies. They start off with a two-game series against the Cardinals, which, um, you know, that could 
be it's in it's in Milwaukee, and the Brewers definitely have a big home field advantage when they play at it's not what's it American Life Family Field, not Miller Park anymore. I forget all these name changes. Um, five eighty three winning percentage at home, four ninety four on the road. So two games in at home against St. Louis that could be big, and then they close out with. They're all at home, actually. So then they have a four-game series against the Marlins and a three-game series against the Diamondbacks, who are two um, pretty mediocre teams. Especially, I mean, the Marlins have been pretty bad as of late, and the Diamondbacks haven't been great either. So with these guys, with this, um, the Brewers need to go on a crazy run. Like over the last nine games, we're talking like nine-game winning streak, eight and one, seven and two. Oh boy, this is a huge moment in this game. The uh, Yankees of the base is low in the top of the 10th. Rizzo's up uh, two outs. And we got on the mound. We got Tim Meza just came in. A lefty on lefty. Okay, I'm going to kind of keep my eye on this as we uh, talk here. But, um, but yeah, this, that's a huge. Again, that game is big, especially for Toronto. So, Milwaukee, the thing is, is even they need to have a crazy run at the end of this year. Sorry, taking a sip of my... Uh, tea um it's a throat coating tea that helps with my uh, throat which has been kind of not so great over the past couple days but milwaukee can definitely go on that crazy run they need to go on with this uh, schedule so the padres and phillies need to be very careful because milwaukee can sneak up on them just like that so that's the recap of the wild card chase and then we've got the best bell for last the braves and the mets it's one game between the two of them, they both have now, let's see, eight games left. Uh, the Braves will have two more in Washington and then the series in Queens against the Mets. And then they close out with a three-game series in Miami. The Mets have two games in Miami, three games, or no, three games in Queens. Um, wait, I'm, I'm, I butchered that. Sorry. Braves play the Mets in Atlanta and then go back on the road to play Miami. The Mets are playing the Marlins in Queens, go to Atlanta, play the Braves, and then play the Nationals in Queens. So they're playing pretty much the exact same teams. They're both playing the Nationals and the Marlins in their other series. So it's interesting because the uh, so the Mets get the home field advantage in the series against the two basement dwellers, but then they have to play the big series on the road, whereas the Braves are on the road for most of this span because they play on the road against the two basement dwellers, but they get to play home field in the big marquee series against the Mets. On um, both teams, pretty much the exact same, like both are better at home than on the road, but there's no like gigantic home field advantage where, oh, the Mets can't play in Atlanta because they can't if they they're terrible when they're not in City Field. So the home field isn't at, as relevant I guess um, both teams have taken care of business and dominated against the Nationals and the Marlins, so neither team's really been a thorn in their side. However, they can be when it matters most this at this time of the year. And breaking down the uh, season series, the Mets right now hold the advantage, uh, nine games to seven. However, when the Mets play the Braves in City Field, they're six and three. When they play in Atlanta, they are three and four. So the Braves have the edge four games to three. So I guess I need to make a prediction here and make a call. Uh, let's hop back here. Oh, he got out of it. That's uh the uh, Tim Mesa was able to get out of the uh, 
get out of the jam here. That's huge. Toronto's really set up for a chance to uh to win here. Ground ball to Vladdy just yeah, that's exactly what they needed. This is tough. I really didn't think I've had a I've been when I was prepping this episode, I was trying to think about which team I want to give this to. That's tough because both teams are playing good baseball right now. There's no team that's necessarily hotter. Um, the Mets are eight and two in their last ten. The Braves are seven and three. Uh, spent, losing Spencer Strider hurts, but uh, the Braves have shown that the next man up can just come up and shove for them. So what I think is that the Braves having the home field advantage on their side for that Mets series is going to be crucial. And I think that even though they're on the road against the Phil, uh, the Marlins and the Nationals, I think that they're going to be able to take care of that just fine. It's not going to be a big deal. The Mets will probably be able to take care of the, the Marlins and Nationals as well. But I think that the Braves having that home field advantage is going to give them enough of an edge to edge out the Mets for the um, for the NL East championship, I think. I think that there's going to come down to the Braves will just clean house against the Nationals and Marlins and then win that series. Actually, I should see who's got the tiebreaker. Uh, is the tiebreaker head-to-head record, I believe? I should have looked this up beforehand. Maybe it says it down here. Um, Who's got the tie... Breaker. And Braves. British Open. Braves Mets. Um, yeah, and the game 163s are no longer a thing, so there's nothing here. Um, head-to-head record. So... Ooh, well, that could get interesting. And then intra-division record. If, um, so, well, actually, they couldn't be tied because they're going to play 19 games. So if the um, Braves... Okay, the Braves would need to sweep the series in order to get that tiebreaker because let's say they're tied at the end of the season. So, yeah, that's interesting to uh, keep in mind. So, yeah, but I still think that... I think they're going to do it. I, you know, you can make memes about the Mets all you want, about them choking. But yeah, my call right now is Braves are going to somehow take this uh, NL East crown. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Straight Out Left. As always, you can find this podcast on Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Apple, and many other podcasting platforms. Make sure you give it a five-star review or follow it or do whatever you got to do to make sure it shows up in your feed. Keep on the lookout for another episode and keep a close eye on all the action going on around the MLB as we get closer and closer to the end of the season. I will talk to you all again soon.